Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of IGN Movies Podcast, Keeping It Real. This is a very special edition of IGN Movies Podcast, because joining us today... It's Mr. Chris Tilly. Hello. From pip, IGN pip. UK. <laughs> you should have said Kelly Martin is here for a special, <laughs> for a Lifetime movie. <laughs> exactly. And then Phil Perlo. Hello. And, of course, I'm Jim Bavidas, Dax. Uh, we have a pretty full plate today. Before, and before you get going, I just yes. want to say, I don't even remember what happened last time I came in on a podcast, Jim. Well, wasn't Eric Mara busting your, uh, your, your balls about being British and, and being just kind of snide about it? No, that's pretty normal. That happens every time I come over. <laughs> It was more that it was it was a lost podcast. We didn't mm. press record, and I'm really concerned. That's can right. We, can we make sure we're recording? Well, this the, one? the levels look like they're showing up. Everything looks okay so far. So because genuinely that was some of my best material. And it it's was just lost in the. Evening. You know what? I, I've had things like that happen with uh, junkin interviews. Tommy Lee Jones is the most notoriously difficult interview in in the industry. Yep. Everybody, he's a stuff of legend, right? And I interviewed him for In the Valley of Ella, and I had a good interview with him. I was like amazed. I'm like, oh my god, I- I'm the guy. <laughs> and I come back, and the video guys had somehow lost because we we're. I think we were moving offices around that time. They lost the Tommy Lee Jones interview oh, no. and the other ones for that movie, which were all Oscar winners. So they lost Tommy Lee Jones, Paul Haggis, Charlie Charlize Theron. Theron, and Susan Sarandon. Man, yeah, That's I was bad. heartbroken, man. I had but, but the Tommy they, Lee Jones interview, dude, and uh, that would that have been a hundred million dollar movie if if you managed. Exactly, you know what? They, they managed they to keep my, the gamer okay. interviews, though. They, well, <laughs> we maintain those. <laughs> that shit, that shit was gone. I mean, <laughs> Ludacris showed up on one of our podcasts. That's right, he, he did. Was, he was a very special guest, but he's no, he's no Chris Tilly. No, he doesn't have that British charm. I'm no, sorry, I don't know why know. we all do that over here. Uh, yeah, you sound like you're from London. Didn't you? <laughs> if you want, like. No, we find it incredibly no, charming. We, we, we you must get so much Russell ass when you come to this country. <laughs> You you do, do you get laid a lot when you come over here to America? Lie, go ahead. We want to know. Not in not in LA. Not, not in LA. New York. It works better when I go to Austin, Texas. Because oh yeah, that, I think LA and New York are full of um. <laughs> no, not not that they're easy, but LA and New York's full of Brits. It's not so exciting. Ah, but when I'm in not... when I'm in Texas, there's not a lot of English people ah, that go to yeah. visit Texas. Well, you know, a lot of the cattle barons down there in Texas were British. Seriously, back in the 19th century. So maybe they have it ingrained in them, yeah. like, you know. Girls before with daddy I, issues, maybe. Before we start getting a little aroused, can we uh, talk about <laughs> movie news? Oh, yeah, movies. Exactly. That's what we're here for. Um, so we have a pretty full plate, and I want to get the hell out of here soon because I locked out and got tickets to tonight's U2 concert in oh, Anaheim. Oh, awesome, man. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't wake up this morning with them, and about halfway through the afternoon, my girlfriend was already going. She had make good tickets from last year. She's like, we're able to get you one, but you have to finish paying for it online. So I'm online, and the site's crashing. I'm trying to do it. You know, you you were like a, in a Mission Impossible movie, exactly. Yeah, and I, it, the beat of sweat is about to. You were like in a line. 1990s internet thriller. <laughs> exactly, I was on the net. It was me and like Sandra Bullock. It was amazing. So, all right, so we have a bunch of stuff. Uh, a lot of news this week, actually. You know, some weeks they feel like slow weeks, and then you look back and you're like, Jesus, a lot of stuff broke this week. But let's just talk about Super Eight real quick. It opened up last weekend. Ahead of expectations, which I think were intentionally lowered by the studio, because I think I don't think their internal tracking numbers were quite as low as people were saying, but it made thirty five point five million, uh, beating out X Men First Class, which came in second place, still holding in there pretty good with twenty four million. But um, Super Eight, you know, thirty five point five, between five and ten million more than some people were predicting. Um, how do you, you know, what do you think? What do you guys think? It's not three D. It's an original movie, even though, yeah, sure, it owes a lot to Spielberg. But 
in this summer of sequels and 3D and everything like that. What do you guys think that says? I think, I mean, I think that number is is fine given like the aims and and the fact that there were no names other than you know Abrams on that movie. Really, I mean, yeah. uh, it, it live and died on on that guy. Look, forty two year old women across the country went to see that movie because of Kyle Chandler and That's Ryan Elgar. All nine of them. Um, right. I don't know on the UK. I don't know about you guys, but on the UK poster, it looks like the Spielberg name's bigger than the Abrams. Name. Oh, I'm sure yeah. slightly, they're doing that. Just yeah. slightly yeah. bigger. Yeah. I bet you they do that on Cowboys and Aliens too. Although they can say from the director of Iron Man, I suppose that works. Yeah. But I think, I mean, having, you know, reviewed Super 8 and, you know, I, I had a good time for large chunks of that film, uh, mostly because, you know, the 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 genre of filmmaking is nostalgic for. I'm also quite nostalgic for. Um, yeah. I, I, I was I was I was not thinking it was going to do 50, 60 million dollar gangbusters. Yeah. And also, I mean, we do live in a we, we you know, movies are in this in this climate where if you don't make 65 million in your opening weekend you're considered a fail yeah and uh i i mean in a in a summer full of fast fives and pirates fours like you know super eight you know for it to make even a dollar for it to even exist is the win you know that's the net positive i wonder if they had released this movie in early april or september yeah could we be talking about an early may or something Yeah. yeah an even bigger opening i mean it's and it's only going to get more and more crowded out there. I mean, I'm curious to see how it's going to hold up this week. And we have Green Lantern opening up, and it. I mean, I guess it does kind of uh, that movie does kind of cam- cannibalize that audience to some degree. Not as much as it does X Men, and I think Thor will be out of the top ten this week, and it was already at nine last weekend. But um, let's. Uh, we've all seen Green Lantern here. Um, we're going to talk about the the, the movie in general. Real quick, uh, and then we'll save our predictions about what it'll do till the end of the podcast. Uh, let's be mindful of spoilers, though, because some folks might not have, you know, seen the midnight show. Oh, is listening. it a spoiler to say it's awful? <laughs> no, okay, <laughs> no, but like uh, little things about the the little tag and the end credits, things like that. You people, just spoiled it. Well, people know that there is one, <laughs> but I won't say what it is. <clears throat> but um, <laughs> I didn't know. That's I yeah. missed it. You missed it. Yeah. I didn't know there it was, was only like 30. Well, you wanted to get out of there pretty fast. So let's start with you, Chris Tilly. What did you think of Green Lantern? I wasn't a fan. I yeah. didn't like it. I was a bit bored. I never thought it got going. I thought for chunks of it, it, I felt like I was watching an animated film that I couldn't really get into. Um, the villains were ridiculous to me. Uh, there was no villain. There was no serious threat. You have this monster diarrhea space cloud. That you know devours planets. It feeds on people's fear to get itself stronger, and it's easily defeated by Van Wilder <laughs> flying through it using imaginary, you know, F-15s. Mm-hmm. Throw it into it, the sun to, to get it caught in the sun. And what's amazing is like why why do we in in the Green Lantern universe in the comics Parallax is the big bad. You know you don't get much worse than that. He's the Death Star, and. Why give us, you know, a planet, a universe-killing threat that that the core doesn't fight together? Why show us an yeah. army and, and that not only put goes them into after war? a glorified Long Beach, California? Yeah, yeah. Well, why, yeah. why, why give us an army and you don't put them into battle? I well, that's a, that that was one of the big things that pissed me off about the movie. Is you know, one of the one of the readers left a negative comment on my review <gasps> saying, "Never happens." No, it's so rare. I mean, that's why I really I notice these things when it happens because usually it's <laughs> they're more powerful and because of their rarity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, he's like. 
you're you're being negative because it's not the movie you wanted to, to be. You're thinking like a writer, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I thought about it for a minute. I'm like, does he have something? I'm like, no. I'm thinking of it as a fan that you show me an army of badass space warriors. And then you, and then you send – they didn't even send three. They, they, they went rogue and went on their own at the end. Um, you know, they only sent four up against it the last time they die, and they're like, oh, shit, there's right. four dead. We can't risk anymore. You have 3,600. It's, 3, like, it's like if, if Luke and every other pilot of an X-Wing in A New Hope was told about how badass the Death Star was, and it's going to kill everything, starting with us, unless we stop it. And they just kind of hung out in the hangar bay and did nothing. Said, "Oh, Luke, why don't you go take care of it? You're yeah. the farm boy. Why don't you the, the untested one? Go yeah. see what you, you can, can do. hit things the size of a womp rat. Yeah, go for it. yeah. <laughs> and you know, and well, to that user's uh, comment, you know, uh, f that because I, <laughs> I, I feel like you know, I mean, we we watch the, we watch movies. You know, we expect a certain a bare minimum of of communion between you know the filmmakers and the audience and and for what we pay for. To, to see a movie and you and, saw it for free. For, <laughs> I did see it for free, but, um, but to those who, who don't have that privilege, um, you know, you, you do expect to get your money's worth. And all I ask is that the bare minimum basics of storytelling be covered. Yeah. And 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 this movie can't get that right. And what's more disappointing is that the two people who are strongest behind it are Jeff Johns, the guy who rebooted the character in the comics, and now and is Martin rebooting Ka- the entire DC, DC universe. universe. And and Martin Campbell, the director of arguably the best James Bond movie ever, Casino Royale, mm-hmm. to that to have those two guys pulling the strings on this project and not delivering on basic storytelling principles like like plants and payoffs and setups, yeah. like, that that's a fail. The movie deserves all the slings and arrows yeah. it's getting. I mean, and it's also, I mean, Campbell, Campbell, I like, but he's one of those guys who's only as good as the script, script. and because um, he's he's a point and shoot old school right. journeyman director you know casino Royale had a finds, good script yeah and yet he he finds he's able to find you know, dramatic beats to elevate it to yeah he's good beyond with actors above average, and, and you know? he's uh you know he's an articulate guy i've met him a few times but you know if people remember legend of zorro was awful mask of zorro was fun mask of zorro is great yeah. but the second one was terrible i mean nobody remembers wait nobody is mask to... of zorro the second or is legend the first no legend is the second mm-hmm. legend mask is the first. Okay. Ma- because he's getting the mask um, yeah okay so uh you know so he showed with the bond film and with zorro that look you can take this character that maybe has a few mothballs around it maybe doesn't really appeal to everyone anymore and make it appeal to everyone and they were both big hits casino royale i think was bigger but i don't know mm-hmm. you're you're kind of the numbers guy you're phil is fantastic with this stuff he's like my my box office mojo and <laughs> shoes I'm, whenever I'm his, i need uh, like I'm his opening, box office app yeah whenever <laughs> i need like uh, you know opening figures and records i'm like phil and he just he knows that stuff. i think bond i mean casino royale made like close to Maybe a little over. It's the second highest right after quantum. After now. quantum, yeah. yeah. Well, that's um, you know, when you up ticket prices enough. I guess it's true. I, I, I'm just I'm really disappointed in Greenland. I was I I loved the book. That was um, yeah. The Secret like, Origin is it, yeah. The book of John's is fantastic. Three years ago, I got reintroduced into the comics uh, by former comics editor Rich George, and the first book he gave me was Greenland and Rebirth and Walking Dead, and I got into Rebirth. You know, I read all of Jeff Johns's run and. And up through, you know, Blackest Night and a little bit of Brightest Day. And so I, I'm really committed to this world of Hal Jordan and this core. Yeah. And then, you know, to see this cool idea of intergalactic space cops on a Star Wars scale. Yeah. Just kind of wasted for, so I can get Hector Hammond, who's a non-villain, 
and a like, non-character. A non-character. I mean, he's, his backstory isn't right. there at all with with Hal and and uh, uh, Carol. It's you know, and there's no even the the stuff with his dad, which I don't think it's in the comics. But you know his. Well, if it is, it's. I don't. I hope it's not handled as badly as it is. He was laughable. He was a laughable character. Terrible character. Um, and the, the decisions he made as well. His performance was bad as well. I just Hector or Tim Robbins, which one? Ah, uh, Hector. Yeah, Peter Sarsgaard. Yeah. I thought. I thought was Razzie worthy. Yeah. The, the decisions they made about the look, like who, who ever thought that was a good idea, you know, has convinced me that they are no longer needed on the planet. Like that. That is. A, that is a terrible choice to. That's unintentional. But that's funny, you know what it, Hector Hammond was also the weakest part of Secret Origin. That's like, true. To me, to no, me that's he, true. He, he he devalued that overall story because it was all great with uh, Sinestro and his kind of role in that story was kind of different than than what it was in uh, in the film. You know, similar, but he he was more kind of a. You know, there was he he came to Earth kind of on an investigation because of what happened to Avin Sir and all that stuff, and. Um, you know, none of that is in the movie. No. And in the movie, you know, Sinestro, I thought Mark Strong was perfect for it. I liked the look. You know, I thought, he, give him something to do. This is a great actor. He does actor. have something to do. He gives speeches that inspire people to point their rings. Yeah. I mean, he gives speeches about threats that they'll never face. You yeah. Know, because they Together. won't leave the planet. Right. You know, they sent four guys at one point in the movie. To fight four a guys, terrible. And, and, okay, they die. Okay, I'm sorry about that, but you're if you're a quote-unquote great warrior, that's not the first time that happened. And next time you go up against something the size of a planet, bring more than four guys. Right. You know? I mean, when cops storm a, a, a crack house, they bring more than four of them. Right. You know? It's like... Do you think uh, he'll be given the opportunity to tell the Sinestro story? Will, will there be a, a second Green Lantern movie? I, I mean, I think the movie will do well, but, but if it'll they, be front-loaded. If they do tell the Sinestro story, and the big story is the Sinestro Corps mm-hmm. war, um, there's no groundwork for that in this first film. None. You're right. There's, there's, there's none whatsoever for that. So to do so, I don't know how they can do it without doing what they did in this first movie, which is put a lot front-load it with a lot of exposition that ultimately we don't give a shit about. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of uh, uh, bits in the movie like, you know, it starts off, you know, kind of promising enough. You're kind of waiting for something to happen. Like there's the scene with him and uh, his his nephew and he's at the birthday party. Oh, well, they must be in danger later on. You never see them again. Yeah, we never see them threatened. You know? Like Eric Oldman, uh, our TV editor, uh, was talking about the movie he saw today and he mentioned that that you know like it feels like those scenes are left out of the film like the, the i bet you they cut a lot of stuff out like i yeah, I, the, I have a feeling i think sarsgaard may have even said in my my video interview with him that the backstory between carol hell and hector was cut out of the movie and i wanted to scream why <laughs> you know right. like why would you do that you leave in all the crap with tim robbins you don't give yeah. a damn about that character even amanda waller I mean, it could have been anybody, and they have this, like, pointless flashback to her origin. Why? Yeah, why are we – I mean, I – how they do origins and how they do pathos for the characters, like, especially how, like, shoehorning the the flashback sequence with his father's death and how that inspired him to to be where he is, you know, that – that I don't know. That that felt weak to me. Well, it seemed weird that he would have a – have a flashback right in the middle of as he's crashing his jet. Well, yeah, he mean, had a he had a topper Harley moment while he was in the plane. Is that hot shots? That's hot shots. Chris, well, I guess know? it was his life flashing before his eyes a little bit. It was an element of that. A little I bit. It yeah. was really poorly done as well. It was. It was. I hate using the word cheesy, but it was almost embarrassing how sentimental and melodramatic some of those flashbacks were. It was just, the only it thing that could have made it worse is if Hal's uh, teddy bear went flying out of the <laughs> cockpit. 
half in fire, kind of smoking the the smoking remains of his teddy bear that his dad had given him right before takeoff. I think that's a deleted scene. Yeah, I want I want that shit on the Blu-ray. I've managed to miss out uh, on who Blake Lively is exactly as a person, and I'm glad because she didn't bring anything to the party. Oh no, really. I, she was one of the. She few brought a lot to my laptop last week. Let me <laughs> yeah. tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, you. I know more about her now. Actually, I have been. Oh, you know a whole Googling. lot more about her. Yeah. Yeah. You've been googling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I go in to interview the cast a week or so ago, and um, is she there? I'm sitting down to talk to her. Wow, she did. And <laughs> she's on her phone texting and shit. Like, you know, the, so the the friggin' interview is waiting for her to get off her phone. Oh. And I so badly wanted to say, haven't you used that thing enough lately? <laughs> don't you, don't you want to get rid of that, please? You know? She's like, what? And then I, I say, I'm a really big fan of your, your still photo work. That's yes. Really good. <laughs> um, so how do you guys think that the creative failure of Green Lantern, what do you think that means for... Uh, whatever DC's master plan, if they even have one, I think they hint at it, but I don't, I'm not convinced they have one. What it means for future things like Flash for a JLA movie, um, <laughs> there was talk about a Hawkman movie. I mean, right. I mean, Green Lantern would have been the easiest and coolest I mean, one to probably do. Green Lantern, DC wanted Green Lantern to do for them what, what Iron Man did for Marvel, and that's, that's, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think... Not to sound cliche, but it's a little too early to tell like what the fallout's going to be. But I think it's safe to say you can see the the mushroom cloud, you know, forming. Yeah. And I think it's it's directly going to impact, uh, in some way, uh, whatever their initial plans are for a Justice League movie, because the the word around the campfire was on that is that you know the that movie would exist more in Hal Jordan's yeah. universe than let's say Nolan's Dark Knight, which as of now is the most solid DC universe we have. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people give uh, Superman Returns shit, but Superman Returns seems like a damn good movie yeah, next Superman to Yeah, Superman Returns seems like the Dark Knight next yeah, to Yeah, I mean, I think that... Um, I think the movie will, will do well overseas. I think it'll... I think little kids will like it. There's a lot of people out there that don't hate it as much as you know we seem to. Uh, I don't think... I don't think you're going to have as many people saying they love it, but you'll have... A lot of people, I think, just saying, "Oh, it's okay," you know, it's it's whatever, it's a diversion. But you know, I think like uh, our our editor Scott Kalura and I, uh, Kalura and I were talking on I am this morning, and he said that, you know, I got a three year old kid, he can't follow the story, like you know, Thor put him to sleep, X Men's way too beyond him, but boy, did he love the that green racetrack construct that he made, you know. So little kids, you know, obviously older than three, but. They'll dig it and they'll buy the toys, they'll and I think it, marketing, re, uh, you know, merchandising alone will probably prompt that, it, movie that movie to get a sequel. That, that movie's not made for those three-year-old kids. It's made for the three-year-old and for the thirty-year-old to like it too. And and I, that, that's awesome that that you know Scott's kid liked it. I, <laughs> I, I feel like it's it's positive re, it's positive reinforcement for the studio though to keep churning this out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, this I is mean, the thing. Like, this conversation is more valid next week when we see what it's made at the box office. Yeah, true. yeah. The fact that the three of us didn't like it and it's getting negative reviews is immaurial if it makes a hundred million. It made almost three and a half million midnight screenings, which it's on track for sixty to sixty-five million weekend. But I mean, when that's not much better than what Thor X Men First Class made, and it costs probably three times what that movie made. Mm. I mean, that's what they're saying publicly. I mean, let's say the movie cost, you know, uh, 150 to 200 million. I mean, those special effects probably weren't cheap. They're not very good at times, but you know, it's, it's kind of a all CGI all the time movie. I mean, yeah. Is there any sequence that didn't really involve CGI except for like the scene in the bar 
when they're drinking or Hal getting dressed down. Yeah, the movie's pretty, pretty yeah, reliant. I mean, it's like kind of every other scene. Maybe a few exterior shots of cars racing into Ellis or Ferris Air. Yeah, yeah but... or or like, you know, Se- uh, Senator Hammond chin-wagging with yeah, somebody. But, but... Yeah, but large, yeah, a lot of CG is used to, a lot in that movie. And God knows how much they had to actually go back and redo some of that CG stuff after the, the flop at real. the different, you know, cons that footage was showed at yeah people were like uh you know i mean and you remember when they were saying like oh you know uh when they released the entertainment weekly cover oh that that's an early image he's not gonna look like he looks exactly like that in the final movie they didn't change his costume at all also what does that say to you if you're not confident in your image to release it to the public like that if it's not final yeah like it's final just it's okay yeah yeah um yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I, I know that uh, Deadline uh, – actually, Scott Kohler wrote up an article about it today. Um, uh, Deadline had a mention that uh, the movie's marketing budget was $100 million, <laughs> mostly because uh, they changed course three times in the marketing of the film. Now, that, that's what's being reported. Well, I was – I mean, we had been saying here for months that we, we thought that the movie should be sold like towards kids. Yeah, I, I, I was and serious that. when I, I'm glad like the little kids are liking it. Like at least there's something fun for them. I just wish – there's something for you know the kids and adults. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's it's not Batman and Robin or Catwoman bad, but it's Ghost Rider bad. Well, Ghost Rider is pretty terrible. I don't yeah. know if it's that terrible. I mean, it's it's all right. Maybe it's more. Um, I don't know. I mean, I magic. Was bit, ma- I was a bit bored. That was the thing. That was I wasn't expecting to be bored by it, but I was really looking at my watch and just waiting for it to end, and that's what disappointed Are, me. Uh, Did you yeah, watch it in three D? Yeah. How, how, what, did, what did you think about the 3D? What, what is what is the UK's reaction to this whole 3D boom? Oh, I can't That's two for, questions. I, I can't guess. speak yeah. for the UK. Um, uh, certainly in in the office, we're all really tired. It's Done just giving it. it's just giving me a headache at the okay. moment. Yeah. Well, they you know there were some uh, articles today about uh, that 2D ticket prices have overtaken 3D in terms of oh, the I amount of that, stuff yeah. that people are buying. So. I don't think that Maybe bodes well for everything coming out in 2012. Yeah, yeah, I mean, times are rough and blah, blah, blah. But we have a lot of news we want to get into, and we're about uh, halfway through this thing. So we'll save our predictions on what Green Lantern sure. will make till the end. I'm going to rattle off some, some news items. Um, we don't have to comment on each one of them. Let's start with the first one, though, that I'm sure we do have opinions on, which is Russell Crowe playing Jarrell in the Superman reboot, Man of Steel. What do you guys think? Well, I'm fine with it as long as he, he plays it in the tone of his virtuosity character. <laughs> Will he be circumcised? God no. willing. See, that's, that's the thing. We know Kal-El now is uncut. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for that uh, Man of Steel uncut edition thing. Right. And there's a little red, blue, and yellow foreskin in each box. <laughs> I, 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 think it's, I think it's awesome that uh, the project is getting that caliber of an actor. I mean, yeah, his box office you know, power has kind of waned, but you know Russell Crowe is... You know he's, he's a very strong actor. He's he, not going to brings class. Yeah, you know? and he's not going to phone it in. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I think it's great. Yeah, it's brilliant casting. Yeah, it, I it, think um, you know who is fatter when they play him, Russell Crowe or Brando? Brando. <laughs> I don't know. Nice. I don't know. Chris, I, I am curious to see porky these days. who they partner him with, uh, with for Lara. Yeah, for Lara. I mean, that's got to be. a big I would name love too. to see uh, Lena Headey play. I know she's not a huge name, but you know, after seeing her in Game of Thrones and everything, and I, don't know, I think she'd be kind of. I think she could do it. You know, um, but <laughs> somebody pointed out on Twitter that Robin Hood sends his son to Earth to be raised by Robin Hood, 
Because <laughs> Costner. Oh yeah, yeah, that's Pac right. Nice. That's so awesome. it was a nice little. So I guess Chris Nolan must be a big Robin Hood fan. <laughs> he is. Um, do you do you think this is more a credit to Christopher Nolan's involvement in the project rather than uh, Zack Snyder? I don't know. Uh, I mean, wh- whomever is you know you know making the deals on these, like uh, I, they seem to, to care about putting a good face forward on this. They, they yeah. seem to know that. You know, a lot of stuff lives and dies on this movie. But think about it. Like, okay, Batman, at least the Nolan Batman, is winding down now. So Warner's has to be looking ahead at, you know, like they are without, you know, uh, a future without Harry Potter. A, a possible future, albeit maybe not as long as Harry Potter, but a future without Batman. Well, we need, what's our other big gun that we can draw? Superman. Mm-hmm. The last one didn't really do that job. So let's just... Put it, you know, they're putting all their chips on this one. Yeah, it's um, that way. And it, and I think it'll turn out okay. I, I'm still curious if if the story will work or not. But um, you know, do you guys think that? Uh, um, do you think it's curious that we still haven't seen some of the other roles cast yet, like you know, Perry White or Jimmy Olsen? They're supposed to start filming next month. Uh, I mean, I, I think they're just—it's the typical. Yeah, you know, the, the Nolan machine, you know, working, yeah. working out, like telling us when they want to tell us, and I, I'm fine with that. I just, I'm purposefully trying to keep a distance on this movie because I want to go in as fresh as I can. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's plow through some of the other news here. Uh, I'm just going to rattle a few things off. If you guys have an opinion on it, feel free to, I don't know, sh- you know, cut me off or raise your hand or whatever. Uh, James Mangold is apparently going to direct the Wolverine, replacing Darren Aronofsky. Yay, nay, no, no feelings. Well, it's less exciting, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Mangold's a good director, but it's... He's a journeyman director. Yeah. yeah. It's a gun for hire, isn't it? Yeah, he's the yeah. Sl- he's a more talented Martin Campbell, but he, unlike Campbell, he can actually write, too, you know? Because, right. I mean, I liked Walk the Line and 310 Yuma, I think. Wolverine... Copland? Copland. I think Wolverine 2 will have a, a pulse that the first one maybe didn't quite have because it had so many kind of studio hands in the pot. And I think Mangold, even though he's coming off of... In a, a movie that wasn't a huge hit, at least stateside, um, you know, yes, he'll probably have to answer the Fox more, but he's worked with them a few times, so he knows how that machine goes, and I'm sure he knows how to kind of navigate it. I hope so. So hopefully he can, yeah, you know, I, I mean, as, keep it classy. As, you know, 800-pound gorillas go in the room, he's not as formidable as, say, a Naranovsky would be. Yeah. But uh, I, I hope it's I it's, hope it's good. It's not a particularly edgy choice, is it? Yeah, I mean, no. I think it was down to him and, and uh, Gavin O'Connor, who's the guy who did uh, Miracle and's got Warrior coming up. So, I mean, of those two, Mangle certainly has yeah. the more weight to throw around there. Um, uh, I'm going to keep this Dark Knight Rises rumor thing, uh, well, news until the very end. It's a big spoiler. So I'll give you another heads up, listeners. Uh, if you don't really want to hear it, you can cut out of the podcast then. So we'll save that till the end. The Avengers, uh, there's a licensing show going on right now in uh, Las Vegas, and they put out a promo poster for the Avengers movie that looks pretty much just like a comic book cover. cover. Which is cool. Yeah. Uh, I was going to get you guys' thoughts on that, what you think about it. And then if you look closely, you can see subtle costume alterations. Yeah, it looks there. like Iron Man is wearing Mark Seven. Armor, not to get nerdy as I push oh, my glasses. Puff yeah, <laughs> on my inhaler. He says to the guy who actually does push his glasses, <laughs> that meaning me. Um, yeah, I think uh, you know it looks. It looks like a comic book cover. I just I can't help but think when you see Thor with his hammer and Iron Man flying the Hulk, and then Black Widow who can kick, <laughs> and Hawkeye with mm. his bow and arrow. Yeah, and, I mean, and his and his you know. 
1980s Dare Commissar-looking outfit, you know? I, I trust that, you know, Whedon can make it look less hokey. You know, and I, yeah. I, I think it's cool to see, j- just to see them assemble. I know it's a Photoshop, whatever, but just to see that together on an image, yeah. it's like, wow, this is, like, it's the 10-year-old really really in yeah. me is going, wow, this is awesome. Like, yeah. So, okay, overall, everyone, thumbs up? Yeah, thumbs up? Cool. Okay. Um, Star Wars 3D, it may, uh, there may only be one. It's not Highlander. I'm not trying to make that reference. But if uh, Rick uh, McCallum, uh, I believe it was his name. Uh, yeah, Rick McCallum, the producer, was saying that um, if this 3D experiment of theirs, they were going to do all six movies in, in 3D, convert them to 3D, re-release them. If it doesn't work, you're only going to see the first one. Jar Jar. Yeah. Phantom Menace through Jedi. So they want to do episodes one through six. So that means we're only going to get Phantom Menace if this doesn't work. But we'd have to wait a- three movies until we can actually see... You know the 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 original one. Not to look too much into you know his statement, but that's an interesting marketing ploy if you think about it. Like it's it, a it's a trial balloon, yeah. Yeah, they're it, not it, committing to it. Well, fully. it's also it's like you know if you guys want to see the ones that we know you really want to see, then you have to see these first. That's so cynical, though. You know, I I, I agree with you. Uh, that's exactly what they're doing, but it's cynical. But, that, but surely he's just making that statement. It's not going to make any difference to whether people go and see it or not. I can't. But by I the time these come out, nobody likes 3D now. And I have to wait another year or so for it. And, it's like... and also, like I, I think, you know, uh, the Star Wars fan base is fiercely loyal. You know, they will go see it because it is in the theaters an excuse to see these movies. They they think they love in the case of the prequels, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I is the quality of the film still there? I mean, is it? I, I'm going to go see it because I'm curious to see how well it holds up on the big screen. Yeah, yeah, you know? especially you know what what it'll be then uh, 13 years later. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay, Simon West is going to direct The Expendables 2. The director of Con Air, uh, The Mechanic, which I actually kind of liked for what it was, um, and General's Daughter. What was this? Oh, Tomb Raider. He did, did the did first you, Tomb Raider. Did you League of Extraordinary Gentlemen as well? No, that was uh, Stephen uh, Norrington. Okay, I yeah. get confused. So what do you guys think about Simon West doing Expendables 2, I guess? I was not a fan of Expendables 1. So yeah, I'm well, sorry. It might actually be better. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a whatever, really. Yeah. If he brings more violence, some boobs. And he more, showed more Con ridiculous. Boobs, for sure. Yeah, I can't believe there were no boobs in the first one. Like, you, you, it was, it was a pretty make... boobless movie. Well, uh, Mickey Rourke's... <laughs> well, yes. I mean... Manneries were I, want, I want more ridiculousness out of the second one, though. I think that can really <laughs> push the envelope. Okay, some uh, Hobbit casting. Luke Evans, uh, who's in the upcoming movies Immortals and Three Musketeers. He was also in Tamara Drew and uh, Tamara Drew. And uh, uh, Clash of the Titans. He was yep. Apollo in that. He's going to play Bard the the Bowman. Oh. And then, Chris, you're going to laugh, but this is this was our favorite name on, on previous podcasts. We like to say Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, from Sherlock. It's been a few weeks that's that's been out there. But, uh, but they're, they've confirmed that he's going to be the voice of Smog. Okay. And uh, the Necromancer. Great. Good, so, good for Benedict. Yeah. Cumberbatch. Yes, Say, uh, I'm sorry. What was his name again? <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, there we go. So, uh, yeah, no, that's cool because he, he's a great actor, and Luke Evans. Well, it'll get the girls in the cinema because yeah. they love him. Really, yeah. women love Luke. I, Evans. I, I, oh, I think that he should, uh, you know, if, between him and Fassbender for the next Bond after Craig is done. And I always thought uh, Luke Evans would have been a, a good Superman or Batman. You know, yeah. like I saw in Clash of the Titans, like he's got that superhero look. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, da, 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 da. James Cameron and Sam Worthington are teaming up with the writer of uh, one of the writers on Call of Duty, 
to uh, they're going to produce together this big sci-fi action movie called Myth. Uh, we don't know much more details uh, for it beyond that, except that it's for Fox and Lorenzo de Montaventura is producing. So once we, they're not going to direct and star in it, uh, but you know, it sounds like something they're going to slap their names on. Producing it? Yeah, he's also gotten into comics and everything, so he's wow. looking at you know life after you know acting, even though he's only like what twenty nine or something. Oh, the best picture Oscar rules were tweaked this week. Now, instead of having just ten set ones, you can have anywhere from five to ten, depending on the percentage of votes that the movies that the the first place votes get. So you have to get at least five percent of the first place votes. I I can't figure out that's just murky. Why muddy the waters? On it, like, I think what it was is they don't want to, you know, get into a situation where they feel obligated to. We have to nominate ten. What if there was really only six that year that were really worth it? You know, um, Fast and Furious Six announced at the same licensing show that saw the Avengers poster as coming out in 2013. We don't know anything beyond it, but it says Fast and Furious Six. Okay, so. there was also a RoboCop. There's like also the RoboCop poster, poster. 2013. And, and then um, the Three Stooges had some uh, promo artwork there, and their tagline, Get Stooged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at those are, faces. Are you very excited for that? You movie? should see, silly? folks, no, if this you know, you was know, aired, this, you, you could see their faces lighting up with joy. Yeah, the, uh, the Three Stooges aren't really a, th- a thing in the UK. That's, that's not something we grew up with as, as much right. as, as you guys did, so indifference from My Little Island. <laughs> uh, well, something that might uh, land a little closer to home for you, the new Harry Potter trailer uh-huh. came out. The final trailer for Deathly Hallows Part 2. What you guys think? It. I haven't watched it yet because I'm trying to remain spoiler-free. Wow, Phil going into this one a virgin. I know. I know. I'm trying to. I haven't read the books, and I want neither to have I. But yeah, you know. wow. Yeah, I was very impressed. I think. It's I think. Awesome. I think the trailer is great this time around. Night, though, the whole thing's at night, isn't it? The whole it's a black yeah. trailer. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, the movie really is. It looks like it was lit by like you know candlelight. It's like the Barry Lyndon of action movies. <laughs> but but you get, you're getting. Ooh, I kind of like that idea. <laughs> it's it's a real sense of the epic this time around. I think each oh, of yeah. the trailers are getting bigger and better with this film. And yeah, I'm I'm really jazzed for it now. Greenland have you would read have the killed too? for one of those action sequences. It looks like right. if Harry Potter went for a cup of coffee, he'd use his wand and fight something just to get a fucking coffee. Excuse right. me. <laughs> Yeah, no, I um, I I read the book last year actually. Oh, okay. I hadn't, I hadn't. I've been doing them funny ways around, like each 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 time around. But yeah, I read the book last year, and I'm, I'm truly prepared for this. And you know, I I reviewed the first film for us, and it's a bit disappointed with the first film. I felt like they kind of dragged it out a little bit. When you just like, I like the camping stuff though. Yeah, but it just can't, it went on too long for me, and we're getting to the good stuff now. We're getting to the really. Hopefully, Breaking Dawn will do it better. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna, you just pissed off a legion of fans. Right <laughs> I'm now. kidding. It, it, each trailer I see is giving me an, a, a sense of how big this movie is going to be. Like, I think awesome. also like uh, like what it's going to make. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be the number one movie it, of the year. And yeah, the, it's going to be like the Return of the King, isn't it? Uh, yeah, uh, of, yeah. These, of these movies. And uh, yeah, do you? Th- I mean, could we possibly be looking at Harry Potter getting a Best Picture nomination just as a sort of like, hey, thanks, kind of thing, or at least David Yates getting a nod or something? I don't know. I mean, I think with. I mean, I I, th- I see what you're doing. Like you're comparing it to, like with Lord of the Rings. But you know, he the, started it. But the Lord yeah. of the Rings films, though, they were nominated as they went. They were. You know what I mean? And 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 they and they were they were released at the Oscar consideration time of years. Yeah. The, 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 most of these have been either summer movies or a couple of November ones, right? 
Yeah. Strange, strange things have happened though. If they nail it, this could be you know a five star movie across the board, and there's a lot of drama and and, and heavy True. heavy stuff going on in this movie. So yeah. you never know. It's interesting, cool. All right, uh, Cowboys and Aliens is going to premiere at San Diego Comic Con. Awesome. Uh, which I think that's, I mean, it played great uh, last year when they just did uh, a sequence mm-hmm. from it. So I think it'll be met with a great response. I've seen about half an hour of the movie and really loved it. I can't wait to see it. I, Hopefully it's not like that's the great half of the movie and the rest of it is like, oh, shit. I uh, met someone uh, last weekend uh, who worked for ILM who did some effects on it. Oh, nice. And they, you know, they uh, Favreau did a screening for them and... And uh, through a party that he oh, nice. DJed for them afterwards. Oh, nice! But uh, back to the movie. Uh, now, they, how come he didn't DJ the scene in Iron Man too? Right? Why <laughs> DJ him? Yeah. Too soon. Yeah. Well, God. Um, knows but the, he said, you know, a lot of the people were not expecting it to play the cowboy part as straight as it did. Oh yeah. And they said, that, and he said that as as a good thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, awesome. I mean, uh, you know, some of the new TV spots are playing up, obviously, the alien stuff. I hate the rock music crap that they're putting yeah, into the, too. the TV spots. That's not the movie. No. It's not the tone of the movie. I preferred the, the first tone of the first trailer. Yeah, you know. I really – I don't know what kind of focus group nonsense they were going on with there. But, um, okay, now, ladies and gentlemen, unless you really want to know uh, – you know what? Let's do this. I don't want to know. You don't want to know the the Dark Knight Rises. I'll, I'll 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 do it. It's my job to listen. But are you sure? No, honestly, if you don't want to talk about it, we won't. No, you can't change the podcast for me. Okay, do it. Go do it, Jim. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's talk about how much Green Lantern is going to make this week, and let's do the box office thing. Then we'll leave this Dark Knight oh, Rises just, thing. You're really for the dangling end. the hook. <laughs> well, you know, I, it means I can leave the room. If you don't want to listen to it, I'll, I'll get, uh, again, there'll be sufficient heads up to say, you know, thanks for listening and all that. So let's talk about how much we think Green Lantern will make this weekend. It's on track for, I think, between fifty-five and sixty-five right now. Yeah, um, I think it's going to go higher. I'm thinking it's going to do about 70. I really That's think kids, everything. Um, uh, and I do wonder if, there's, if there isn't sort of a morbid curiosity factor now. People hearing, oh, I heard it's really how bad. How bad can it be? Yeah. But I don't know. I, I think the movie's somewhat critic-proof. I think, I think 63, 65. Okay. Right, you got to pick one. I'll say together. 65. 65. Okay. okay. I'm going to go a bit lower than that. Okay. What do you think, Chris? I'm going to go 57. 57? Yeah. You'll probably end up winning. I kind of suck at this. I can do great big picture, like what will you know win the season kind of stuff. Right. But the actual exact weekends, I just don't. No, I, I've, I've done this maybe five times with you guys, and I've been the worst every time. <laughs> so I'm embarrassed. Well, the big, the big um, uh, you know, competition it has this weekend is Mr. Popper's Penguins. Try okay. saying that stuff after a few beers. Um, how, how do you think that's going to do? First of all, I, I wish we had s- more time to talk about, like, you know, we've, we've done things about, like, when action stars kind of make fools of themselves doing, like, you know, the pacifier or tooth fairy. A lot of comedians, though, why do they always end up becoming, like, the big screen equivalent of the clown at the kid's birthday party? Like, why do yeah, they have I- to do a talking animals movie? I mean, when your star is whatever wattage it is now for Jim Carrey, maybe that's that's one way to get you As back. I said earlier, I I'm still surprised it's a real movie. It feels, <laughs> it feels like a spoof trailer on Funny or Die or something yeah. like that, or yeah. a sketch on Saturday Night Live. I mean, it's a beloved book, so maybe, yeah. you know, but I don't know. It's, it's, ooh. 
All I know is that I, I don't care how it does this weekend. That's I think it's going to do. I'm going to say uh, 20. Uh, I bet you. I bet you. That's it's tracking for like 18 to 20. I bet you'll really? probably do more than that. But uh, what do you think, Chris? I'll go 30. Okay. I'll go 30. The power right. of Jim Carrey. Yeah. It compels you. That's right. <laughs> um, all right, folks. Well. Uh, if you want to cut out now and not listen to this Dark Knight Rises thing, thanks for listening. Yeah, I do. I do. Right, Goodbye, great. everyone. No, thank you for listening. All right. See well, you soon. thank you, Chris Chris Tilly. <laughs> Next time you're over here in the States. Uh, cheerio. <laughs> <laughs> Evening, governor. Ah, oh, God, he hates us all for that. <laughs> so, okay. All right. And just so I don't come off as a hypocrite, I heard this story. I had to write it up. That's why I broke my spoiler rule, because... I broke my one rule. Yeah, that's right. Because my job demanded it. <laughs> I was the reporter you needed but didn't deserve. Well, the spoiler is, and if you're listening to this and you're still uncertain, you know, it's all your fault. Mm. Don't send me hate mail. But the spoiler is that Liam Neeson shot a cameo uh, earlier this week in London and then was back in New York in time to see the Spider-Man musical. Now, frankly, uh, I, I'd heard that months ago that Razal Ghul, the elder one, was going to be in the movie. Um, And I hadn't really mentioned it to anybody because I didn't want to be a dick. But uh, I guess things have changed now that the story's out there. Now, everybody else, uh, to give ourselves and our our colleague uh, Geek News sites a pat on the back, we were all very mindful about spoilers and Mm -hmm. headlines and everything. Variety... Uh, and I, I like the reporter over there, but Variety's headline was Neeson back for Dark Knight Rises. Thanks for not giving anybody any, any chance. I understand SEO friendly headlines, but right. come on, man. Yeah, and also it's not a hundred percent confirmed either, you know. But I mean, reliable. Well, they said that they they were. Able oh, Variety to did. It. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. then I, I, I step back. Um, I apologize. Now, uh, which would obviously, let's say, unless this is going to be a flashback. Something say involving Bane or Talia. Yeah, there's no telling, like you know what where it, it exists might in not be a Lazarus Pit thing. Like everybody is <clears throat> kind of jumping the conclusion that okay, here's what I heard months ago. And, Big spoilers, people. Yeah, still there. Okay, um, the the rumor had been going around. Uh, there's actually it wasn't a rumor. Gary Oldman, I think, is the one who who said this. In an interview that nobody has the last few pages of the script because uh, Nolan didn't want it leaking out. So he would just tell people the ending over the phone. That way it couldn't get out there. Well, (laughs) uh, I heard that the end of the movie is basically involving the revelation that Ra's al Ghul, the the adult Ra's al Ghul, you know, Josh Pence apparently, reportedly, plays a younger version of him in flashbacks that are set 30 years before uh, that Liam Neeson pops up as Ra's al Ghul at the very end of the movie. Um, I don't know if that's necessary for that. Like, it, it seems like it's kind of a Shyamalan gag to do that kind of twist ending, and then that's how you leave your your franchise. Right. I mean, I don't know that... I mean, it could be the most brilliant thing, but I don't know. I don't know what I think I, of it. I'm I'm really upset if that's true because <laughs> I, I I want to see uh, that unfold for the first time on the big screen. You know, I want to go. 
that's when you know Nolan's frustrating cloud of secrecy that he keeps around things is is a good thing. You know, like right. You know what? Uh, I got to say though, this time Nolan's dropped the ball because that stuff wouldn't have happened with J.J. Abrams. You know, J.J. like. J.J. Abrams had the first thing where somebody took a spy foot of Spock walking across set because Quinto didn't listen to the the rule of don't go out without and, – and he got caught by right. a paparazzi photographer. Um, I'm surprised that Nolan didn't put up big tarps, everything around Did that thing misdirect. in India. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it seems like, you know, they're great at keeping their, their lips shut about these things, but – and the, you know, as far as we know, the script hasn't leaked. I know of people who have who claim to know somebody who's read it and blah blah blah. But it just seems like he didn't um, think about we're going to film in this wide open area, and we're going to film something that's visually very spoilerish. Right. And we're not going to put assuming up assuming it is. And assuming it's that, yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe it's just maybe maybe Batman finds a pot of you gold. Know, and and you know <laughs> no, the. No. the the tough thing is, too, I mean, with a movie this shot in secrecy, I mean, people are going to want to take a peek, you know, and yeah. the tighter, the tighter, you know, you keep this, you know, you're going to find out that your seals do indeed have leaks. Yeah. You know, so it's um, very, di- you know, they probably the <laughs> smartest thing they could have done maybe was save if they were going to film the Neeson thing, do it the very last day of the shoot or do what Marvel does and have somebody come back three months later and then you film it. Right. You know, I mean, I don't know. I do look forward to however this all shakes out. And uh, I will, from this moment forth, <laughs> I will stay away from Dark Knight. Yeah, Stories. I mean, I didn't really want to know a lot of these things. But it, it um, you know, unfortunately in our line of work, you are exposed to them. And it's just, that's kind of the... Nature of the beast. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's it, it's not going to, you know what? I mean, the minute they said uh, there was any hint that Talia was going to be in the movie... It was kind of a given. Just because of the comics, you know that if they're going to go that route. would at least be referenced to or something. No. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 there's any sort of Raz element at all in the movie. Right. Um, but, you know, people are like, well, you know, Nolan wouldn't go that fantastical. He just did a movie that sold us that, you know, dream invasion is real. Mm-hmm. The last two Batman movies, the first one made you believe that a guy would run around in a black rubber suit and beat up people. And the well, second I already one, believed that with Burden. And, and the second yeah. one had somebody running around with half their face blown off. You know, it's like he's he's already done it. He's made you but believe magic, in this but, fantastical but stuff. But magic, I mean, the Lazarus Pit is magic. It's a form of magic. That magic has not been, you know, explored in science we don't films. understand. Just to borrow a line from Thor. <laughs> See, it, what it is, it's all just a big Avengers crossover. God willing. <laughs> all right. Well, that's that's about all we want to spend on, on uh, you know, uh, kind of kicking around Batman spoilers here. I will say that the one cool thing that they could do if they're going to work in Bane and Ra's al Ghul is there was a storyline, and the name of it has, has uh, I think it was Tabula Rasa, okay. um, where... Razal Ghoul and Bane both believe that Bane's mystery father was actually Thomas Wayne. And that Ooh. Bane and Batman are actually brothers or half brothers. I think I could see Nolan actually committing and going that route, you know? And there was actually a very good explanation of you how that You won't be happy until you make the movie in your head. Exactly. <laughs> the fans were right. I'm just going to hack it up. 
All right. Well, that that'll about do it for today, folks. Thanks again for listening, and for those who you know hung in there and listened to the the spoilers. Don't hate yourself too much. Who and knows? Don't hate us. All this stuff could be wrong too. Even if Neeson filmed the cameo, maybe it's a flashback. We don't yeah. know. So thanks we'll, again. We'll find for, out July twentieth. And and uh, if you go see Green Lantern this weekend, we have plenty of features and and uh, reviews and everything up on the site now. Feel free to give us your comments on what you thought of it. Go over to iTunes and give us some props over there for the Keeping It Real podcast. Sorry again that we couldn't get to any reader email. Um, it's just, uh, like I said, there's a lot of uh, news this week. But um, feel free to uh, shoot us a line at keepingitreal at IGN.com if you have any questions. And until next time, uh, we'll uh, you know see you at the movies.